Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. We're in full swing on the spring auction season, so we wanted to make sure you were all set up for success. Today, we launch a auction series where we'll have the next few episodes focusing on school auctions and how you can execute your auction super successfully. Whether you are doing an auction online and want to know what technology to choose, or you're doing an in-person auction or some combination thereof, we are going to bring you the top tips. We thought we would start today with a multi-year auction chair who has successfully run both in-person and online auctions, and she is going to share her top tips for running both types of auctions. Welcome, Christina. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background with the PTA and with auctions? Hi, um, I am a parent of three kids, ages 9, 11, and 13, and I've always been heavily involved in their schools. I've chaired on the board, volunteered in classrooms, you know, led a lot of the extra programs that we have, and of course, went on every field trip, my favorite. And then, so of course, one year I was asked to chair the auction. I'd never even been on the auction committee, and I definitely highly recommend anyone motivated to lead the auction should be on the committee because it gives you a sense of the expectation, the timelines, and the needs. But in my case, I was able to dive right in. Thankfully, had an awesome group supporting me. What do you think in your experience with the auctions you've done, what makes them really successful? I think a successful auction is from getting committed volunteers. I think I definitely could never have done it without the team of people that I had doing it with me. We had very defined roles and I think laying out what those roles are and then giving everyone a sense of support so that nobody's doing anything on their own. So most of the roles we had at least had, um, you know, one other person helping them with it, like the auction chair. And then we had the treasurer and night of coordinator. There's a donations team. There's a silent auction team, a dessert auction team. We had to do a bar team because we provided the bar at our last two auctions. There's a team of parent parties, a team for the games, team for decorations, a team for marketing and design, a team for putting the volunteers together, and then an overall program coordinator person, and then somebody on special projects as they came up. So how big a group was that typically that you had supporting there? It was about, I would say, 15 to 20 people. Wow. How did you successfully find 15 to 20 people to help support you? (laughs) (laughs) That helps in being heavily involved because I was always doing things in the classrooms. I knew a lot of people. And so people were definitely happy to jump on board and help. And I think the more people you have, the easier it makes for everyone. So also having people team up with people they already knew. So then when it's you and your friend doing something, it's a lot easier to get it done and have a good time doing it. So the same way that your involvement landed you as the auction chair is how you landed other people in these other roles. Exactly. (laughs) 
it sounds like there's there's so many logistics in this, like making this happen as an event, right? Let's start at the very basics. How do you choose a venue to have an auction at? So the venue is an important one, obviously. Um, You want to make sure that it has the right amount of space for everything that you're trying to pull off. Uh, Originally, they and most of the auctions preceding us had done a silent auction in a separate room. And then that silent auction would close and then everyone would move into the other room. My first year doing it, it was like that. And I felt we had to rush through the silent auction. So last year we did it where it was the uh, silent auction in the same room. That way everyone you know, remained in that area and we let it go a little bit longer. We didn't have to run out and I feel it worked a lot better. So having the space to pull something like that off. And then you also want to make sure it's in close proximity to where everyone lives. You don't want people having to travel too far. And then having a venue that does it often so they know what to expect and they can help you out with the flow and the planning. And did you use prior year's numbers to estimate roughly how many people would attend? Yes, we did. And it was roughly 200 to 230 people. Which is, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head what that equates to in terms of like, is it 50% of the families roughly attended? Do you know? Yes, I would say about 50%. of There was like 440 families at Park Mead. And I think we had like 230 people. But that's actually, that's probably less than that because that was couples. That's everyone. Got it. For schools who are thinking about doing something similar, 200 is a good number of uh, kind of the population of the schools we talk to. What would they be looking at for pricing for an evening to pay for a venue like this? What were kind of some of the price ranges you were, you were seeing as you were looking around? Yeah, I'd have to pull up a budget. I don't quite remember, but I know it was around eight to $12,000, depending on venue. I was going to say it probably varies by the package and what's included. Um, so exactly. food, drinks, what about an MC? Is that something that you paid for? And then what's important when looking for an MC? MC is extremely important. And I think one of the biggest uh, ways to help raise the money comes from the MC and having someone who's dynamic, flows well, Luckily at Park Mead, we had the amazing Mr. D, who everybody knew and loved. Um, He's very funny, witty, personable, knows everyone, knows their kids. Um, My first year there, I saw, you know, the principal that had been there for a long time. He did a great job with Mr. D of like, you know, moving the crowd and, you know, knows who to like talk to to kind of bring prices up. (laughs) And uh, that definitely helps. Uh, You also, though, want to keep it at a good pace because you don't want too long. People will start after people finish eating. They want to start talking and socializing and hanging out. So it's really about getting a good flow um, and keeping things moving. You also want to make sure that they can hear you. We had a couple issues with sound over the years. What were some of the items that the MC was really able to raise the price on? Definitely with trips and getaways. People love trips and getaways, Um, sports memorabilia, um, and then anything related to like Disneyland or um, he also, we do um, the paddle raises where you're supposed to, you know, 
sponsor at least like the minimum donations. And that was a good one to get people to rally. If you're anything like most PTAs, right now you have Spiritware sitting in a closet. You paid for it and you don't expect to make any money from it. You've written it off. But you don't have to. You can still fundraise with these shirts. How, you ask? Project Repat will turn those old shirts into an incredible looking quilt. This quilt makes a great graduation or alumni gift, but most importantly for us PTAs, it is a fantastic auction item. After the auction, when you have parents asking if they can do the same thing with their children's spirit wear that's sitting in their home closet, your answer is another fundraiser. You can send them to the Project Repat site and your school will get a percentage of the sales from your school community. This is also a fundraiser you can feel good about. Since launching in 2012, Project Repat has prevented over 10 million t-shirts from winding up in landfills. Their quilts are made from soft fabrics right here in America. So go ahead and tell the principal they can have their spirit wear closet back and go to projectrepat.com to make your quilt today. As a special for our listeners, if you use code K12, you'll get an extra 25% off, which means more auction proceeds for your school. That's projectrepat.com. And don't forget to use code K12. Project Repat, make a quilt out of it. Now, back to our episode. Any hard lessons or anything that you would stay away from? Any warnings? Uh, you know, there's no donation you really want to stay away from because they're donations. You don't really want to deny them. Honestly, if you don't think it's going to do well in the live or silent auction, which is our party part, you know, the live in-person one, you can always put it online and you'd be surprised what people will actually buy. Another way that we found to do things where it wasn't really working to have it alone, we would put it into a package with other things and make it into something more, you know, fun. <laughs> that way you're coupling a few different things together into a basket, for example, right? Exactly. And then that would usually go for more. People would be like, oh, well, I'll use that. Maybe I won't use that. And I can re-gift that thing. <laughs> so over the last few years, there has been a change in auctions. And you, you highlighted online auctions just a moment ago, but spending a little more time on that You've navigated this change over the last couple of years. Um, any tips on how to make an online auction successful? Right. So we'd, we've always had the online component. So it wasn't that difficult to put everything onto it. Uh, it just had to be, you know, everything just had to be done that way. Um, again, key is really having a strong team and being organized and having a system. Letting people know was the biggest need when we were doing it online was letting people know that, okay, it's up there, it's on, you know, everybody get on there and bid. Um, so you had to constantly send reminder reminders about closing, highlighting what's available. What other considerations should schools consider when selecting an online technology platform? Because the auction committee changes frequently, it's not always the same people. You want to make sure that it's easy to navigate and to learn. So it needs to be really user-friendly. Um, then you also obviously want to make sure that it's cost-effective. Um, that's, you know, the whole point is to be a fundraiser and raising money for this school. So you don't want to spend too much on the systems to make it all work. So we're in the midst of spring auction season right now. 
as an auction chair on the day of the actual auction, what are some things that you should and shouldn't do to make sure the event goes successfully? I would say that you want to be prepared. Obviously, that's critical. Also, for the auction chair to delegate responsibility, don't try to do it all. And to be prepared for things not to go as you planned. And to remember that no one's going to know but you. So it's all about the kids. It's all about raising money and having a good time. Everyone's there to have fun and to raise money. Also very important as auction chair to remember to have fun too and to eat your dinner before you start drinking. (laughs) I think that's a great tip in life generally, but also as auction chair, especially. (laughs) Especially. Well, I, I think that this was really helpful. I think some of the key tips here are to have a strong team supporting the auction. It's not just about one person. It's really about that team and making sure there are well-defined roles, not having people be single-threaded in a role, so at least two people on any given role. Then for an in-person auction, having a space to pull off the event that is large enough to preferably have the silent auction and the live auction in the same space so that there isn't that pressure to have the transition occur at a certain time from one room to another. The key is the MC. They can help increase the bids, make it all fun. And so choosing a person who can play that role really well allows the event to be a success. And then finally, with online auctions, Communication is key and really over communicating. If you think about your school community and how many emails each individual is receiving, especially right now, having a number of messages go out in different formats about the auction taking place, when it's opening, when it's closing, when they need to get their bids in, really critical to making sure that auction is a success. So thank you, Christina, for being here today. We really appreciate your advice. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.